Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Smart, Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. You know, supporting women is my passion, my purpose, and finding other women and men who do the same is my favorite thing to do. Their stories are inspiring, and they all help us to succeed. And if we help and support one another in life and work, anything is possible. These amazing conversations gave me the stories and the wisdom for my earlier book, Leading Women, which is still still doing extremely well and still selling in all the bookstores. Now my newest book is called In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, which came out in the beginning of 2019. Now this week I am pleased to introduce another amazing one, Barkley DeVoe. Barkley DeVoe is a director, writer, and producer based in New York and L.A. She grew up acting in films, TV, and Broadway shows, but her real love was getting behind the camera. With famous directors as mentors, she began making her own films with a VHS camera at the age of seven years old. She graduated from USC School of Cinematic Arts and has contributed to scores of films and TV shows for major studios like 20th Century Fox, Disney, and Paramount, those and many more. She also directed numerous shorts, music videos, and stage production, and received several honors, including two Emmy Awards. Now, Barkley is thrilled to be making Opal, her feature film directorial debut. Opal tells the story of female empowerment, and represents everything Barclay stands for, creativity and being an advocate for women. I met Barclay in person at a Take the Lead fundraising event in New York City, and with great pleasure, I welcome her to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Welcome. So glad to see you again, Barclay. Well, Barclay, thank you. Uh, yeah, the, the one-on-one in traffic can be <laughs> quite challenging, but uh, <laughs> I think we've all learned uh, th- that we can survive and we have to figure out the best way. Yeah, I listen to Laugh USA and just laugh my way all the way through traffic. But thank you for <laughs> being patient with me and thank you for being with me today. No and, uh, problem. Thank you for having me. And I had the pleasure of meeting you in New York, and uh, yes. we have – seen each other personally, and I'm, I'm sure that we will be at other events together, and this is just the beginning of a great relationship. So Take the I Lead is thrilled, is thrilled to have you. It, it's a wonderful organization for women's leadership, and that's what you're all about. So, yes. yes. All right. Th- this next 30 minutes, by the way, is about you. This is about <laughs> Barkley. <laughs> so right. I want... I want to start out by asking this question because I think it's the most important question we can ask another person, especially another woman, is how did you get to be who you are today? How did that all happen? Where did it mm-hmm. begin, and, and why are you the person I'm talking to today? Yeah, well, what a wonderful question. I have two parts of the answer, and one is about order of events in my life that mm-hmm. led me to where I am But I feel like my instinct uh, to answer your question is how did I become who I am and how did we come to be where we are today on this call, on this podcast, is because my grandmother and my mother are incredible women. My grandmother was an incredible woman. My mother is an incredible woman. And they never instilled in me anything but confidence and security and creativity and the feeling that I could do whatever I wanted to. 
Yeah. So first and foremost, my grandma and my mom. Um, yeah, absolutely. Made me who I am. All right. So um, di- ditto, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to give them credit, right? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. you know, if you are lucky enough to have strong women as mentors and caretakers right. in your life, um, whether uh-huh. they're teachers or parents or grandparents or neighbors, um, they shape you, uh-huh. especially as a young girl who isn't seeing people in the roles that she feels she wants to be in, right? Right, um, right. So, which was certainly the case for me, which leads me to the events in my life, which led me to this career and, and to being a filmmaker and an activist. I got my first VHF camera, or my family did, when I was about seven, and I saw that. That's great. <laughs> Seven years old. Wow. Mm-hmm. I knew early, Nancy. I knew early what I wanted to do. Yeah. I got that camera, which weighs probably half what I did at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started coercing my brother and the kids in the neighborhood to be in films that I wrote and directed and, and live on to this day on, on VHS tape in my mom's yeah. basement. Yeah. <laughs> Well, did, um, did, did your parents just know instinctively that this is what you, I mean to give you a camera? I mean, how how can a, how can a seven year old know to get a camera or someone give them a camera? You know? Yeah, you know, I, in, in this case, I have to say I don't think my parents knew at all what they were doing. They got a camera for for our family. Yeah. And oh, okay. I I took it. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I, I looked. <laughs> okay. I looked through the lens once, and I was enthralled and I started seeing the world in a completely different way through a lens and at that time you know back when VHS cameras just came out it's not like we were it didn't have interchangeable lenses it had that that zoom thing right it had that that thing that you pulled and it made it go from telephoto wide zoom and Mm -hmm. I played around with that and I just my imagination was opened um big time and I started writing things and I didn't know what a yet, you know, a script format yet or anything like that. I just was a kid with an imagination and I was a little bit bossy and so I started <laughs> I started, you know, telling the other kids in the neighborhood and my brother that they were gonna be in my films and sure. I think they enjoyed it. I hope mm-hmm. they did. But mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah. Later seven or eight around that same time I guess I started professionally acting, which was also something I sort of fell into. I, I had seen Annie on Broadway, begged my mom, like thousands of little girls I'm sure did, um, mm-hmm. to let me do that, having mm-hmm. no idea anything about the business. And my amazing, incredible mother, after a year or so of me begging her, agreed to drive from Connecticut, where I grew up, Right. New York one day to bring me into an open call for a manager. She was being uh, brunette that day. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom didn't think anything would come of this because when I wasn't behind the camera, I was a pretty shy kid. And she thought I wasn't even going to speak to the people in the room. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, at the end of the day, you know, they saw hundreds of kids and they signed two of us and I was one of them. And wow. then, yeah, and then I, and my mom Again, you know, drove an hour and a half to the city from to New York from Connecticut mm-hmm. and absolutely didn't expect anything to really come of this, but it did, and so she continued driving me into the city. 
And one of the first auditions I went on was for a Broadway show that was replacing the little girl who had outgrown, literally grown too tall to play a part. And I got it. And a week later, I was in rehearsals for a Broadway show, and my mom, my mom was just like, what, what's going on? <laughs> uh, she's, she's looking at the universe, the sky, and the universe are going, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I'm starting to catch on here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, at that point, her life and my life um, changed in an incredibly wonderful way. Um, Mm -hmm. I began my childhood professional career, which allowed me to see firsthand behind the scenes the magic of movie making and only solidified my pre-existing desire to create films. Uh, I was very lucky along the way to have many incredible mentors, including a wonderful man called Alan Bakula, who directed Oh, gosh, she's directed so many amazing films, including uh, All the President's Men and Sophie's Choice and Clute. Great movies, um, yeah. Wonderful movies. And, and, and he was, he's passed away, but um, he was a wonderful man. And he recognized in me when I was quite young, 11 or 12, I think, um, on, a, on a film I was doing for him. He saw me looking at the monitor on set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started talking to me about lens choices. He sat down with me and showed me what a scene looked like through a 35-millimeter lens versus a 50-millimeter lens versus a 100-millimeter lens, and right. he talked to me about how the costume designer came up with what people were wearing in different scenes and why the production design was of a particular color palette. And he talked to me in a way, at that time, Nancy, I hadn't yet ever been directed by a woman. I'd never Mm -hmm. seen a female director. But this man, Alan Pakula, talked to me as if I was one. He showed me that I could be one. Mm -hmm. And I really never questioned that until I was an adult, until I went to USC film school and was one of a handful of women in my graduating class of 30 in the USC production program Um, and started realizing at that time, you know, as as a young adult, that there was a serious gender bias in this business. But my childhood was magical. I I didn't know that. I didn't um, realize it. And I was encouraged by my mom. There was no bias bias for you at that point. You didn't know any different. You were already being treated as an equal. Yeah, and I wasn't aware enough yet to consider the fact that in my entire young childhood professional career, I probably did... 100 projects, let's say. I had one female director, and that was when I was about 13. I do remember at that time thinking, oh, it's a woman. Um, and she's one of my favorite directors I ever had, but I, I hadn't considered that I wasn't being directed by sure. women up until sure. that point, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, if you don't, anything, if you don't know, have anything to compare it with and you don't know any different, absolutely. Right. What are you going right. to say? What are you going to do until, yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah, which is why it's so important 
what, whatever business we're talking about, whether we're talking about STEM, which is sciences and technology, or, or whether we're talking about film, television, theater, that we show young girls that they can do it. They can do anything. They yeah. can be astronauts yeah. and they can be directors. In this business, of course, we have great influence because it is media, right? And it is getting sure. out there and, and helping well, shape. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, just just the statistics alone just really kind of, when I talk about this with women, I said, look, we're over 55% of the population. We buy over 85% of products and services. Why aren't we controlling the media? Why aren't we controlling right. the market? And, right. and and nobody even thinks twice about it until you start throwing these numbers out there and go, wait a minute, what's what's going on here? We're letting yeah. everything control us. You know how we look, how we feel. You know, be young and pretty, be thin, blah blah blah. blah. And we, and like you said, in, until you actually start to question and say, wait a minute, there's a better way, there's a different way, and there's more that we can do to use our voices to create the yeah. power too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So to your point about the statistics, because I I, I want people to hear this, because um, you know them, I know them, but maybe yeah. some of the listeners don't. Right. According to the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media, which is an mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic organization, she has. It is. Um, right. And in 2018, in 2018, last year, only seven percent of directors, 13 percent of writers, and 20 percent of producers were female. Yeah. That is abysmal. Yeah. And, and, and just just say what that creates, though, with those small numbers and women not being represented and how that affects what we see, what we hear, and what we read. Right, right. So, of course, we're seeing more men on screen. Well, you know, let me, let me just kind of do a little history with you also. In 2011, I saw the movie Misrepresentation, and then I got mm-hmm. to know about Gina Davis, and I got to know more and more about what was going on with that. You know, I was in a room with primarily female, a female audience, and, and I think it, you could have dropped a pin in that, in that room. You could have yeah. dropped a pin because yeah. I think, like you said, until people are actually faced with gender inequality and understand what it is, they don't know what to do. But I can tell you, people walked out of that room, and, I mean, amazing things started to occur just because of that, because we realized, wait a minute, we women have to take responsibility as well for yeah. their role in what's going on versus being the victim or being upset and being angry about what the situation is instead of saying, okay, I'm taking responsibility. What do I do about that now? And that's right. kind of what you're talking about as far as the activism. Absolutely. I felt more strongly than ever after the 2016 election that I needed oh, yeah. to take the world by storm and take matters into my own hands and do everything in my power to get women together to help each other and to support organizations like Take the Lead that do justice, that encourage women to take and own their power, power too. And um, so I got involved with with Gloria and and with Take the Lead, and I also got our group involved with um, other fabulous organizations like the Joyful Heart Foundation, and we just lent our time, talents, and fundraising abilities to Take the Lead and and Joyful Heart. And um, a couple years ago, I think when you and I first met, 
with that take the lead day, I directed the sketches that Kathleen was in for that production that night. Um, yeah, that was great. That was great. Um, <laughs> that was really fun. That was really fun. Um, and many of the women in, in my group actually were a part of that night. One of the group members was the stage manager. Um, a couple of them helped out with producing and security. So, you know, our group has raised money for organizations we support, but also lent our talent and expertise to the organizations as well, which has been the really fun part for me because yeah. it's allowed me to get to know people like you and Gloria and um, and some of the other women I've, I've come into contact with through the Take the Lead and, and Joyful Heart and just surround myself with even more incredibly powerful women who who want to help change this situation in the world as I do and who aren't sitting around crying all day about it. Yeah. That doesn't help anyone. Doesn't doesn't Um, do any good. Doesn't do any good. We have to be together on this and we have to move forward with the, with the feeling, truly feeling that we are going to do this. We have to do this. The world is going to change for the better and we're going to make it happen. Yeah. Well, you know, the graduation of the 50 women in media and entertainment was was probably more more delightful than anything. But to see the 50 women who had been selected by other women in media and entertainment connect with each other, the, mm. the most important thing that was going on in that room and in the rooms of other cohorts that have, have graduated through the through the educational program of Take the Lead is that they find support. You know, when you're when you're in a room with other people, whether it be men or women, who understand what you're trying to accomplish, something amazing occurs. Absolutely, every single time. It's like you're it's like you're speaking the same language. And uh, mm-hmm. the 50 women who changed the world in in journalism. I mean, women came up afterwards. We're talking about life changing. They were talking about I have a I have a sisterhood. I have a community of women that I can work with. And and I think that what happens when you really get on board and you really start finding that that voice and that message is that when you find people that that you're on the same path, you go, hey, let's go, let's do it, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it together. Let's support each other and lift each other up. Right. Yeah. That's what men have always done for each other. Yeah, they're, you know? yeah, they've been very smart, and you know, if they're competing with each other, they say, "Hey, I can beat you today in in golf, or I can beat you today in whatever." And they go, "Okay, go ahead and try it." You say that to it. <laughs> I've I've played golf, I've played sports all my life, you know. But if you say, "Well, I'm gonna beat you today in golf," they'll just look at you and go, "What? What?" You know, but. <laughs> We're getting we're getting better about you know getting a little tougher skin, but you know. But the good thing is, not only are we starting to use our voice, but I think being a woman is it's okay now. You know, it's okay to be feminine. Being a feminist is a okay thing to be again, Barkley. I mean, good grief! You know, we can we can walk around and wear our dresses and our heels and our makeup and still be just as professional and just as proficient as right. any other man or woman. So, right. Femininity okay. does not equal weakness. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think that I think the world is waking up to that. Oh, baby steps, right? It's baby yeah. steps. I think the world is getting there. Or we're forcing the world to get there, let's yeah. say. Well, <laughs> we're the power behind it. For me, when I go in and speak to men and well, women and I talk about males 
you know, supporters, advocates, sponsors. There's almost a sigh of relief of the men. You know, they're like, ah, we're not going to get a bash today. And and right. this is where we've got to get to is where we go into the room and men and women, boys and girls, realize we're just in it for the same thing, just to make yeah. this a better world. So yeah. how do you th- how do you think we're doing right now? Because you you talked about the election. You're an activist. You're out there in the filmmaking. Uh, you're out there. You're out there affecting how we see and hear and read things. So what's mm-hmm. what's your what's your take right now? Yeah. Well, I think unfortunately the current state of affairs in the film business is is no better than it was 50 years ago. Um, there's a documentary out right now called This Changes Everything. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I was going Yes. <laughs> Sardonically titled This Changes Everything because when Thelma and Louise was released in 1991, 28 yeah. years ago, and it became a huge hit, it was supposed to change everything for women in the entertainment industry. Yeah. But as Gina Davis says in the documentary, it didn't change a thing. So I think based on the facts, numbers, statistics from 2018, that 7% of females um, were directors, et cetera, and the fact that even in child-driven media, right, media content created for children, mm-hmm. boys on screen outnumber girls by three to one. That's also yeah. a current statistic. Yeah. I don't think we're doing that well. I think we have a, a long way to go. And as you have said, need to help each other through this. You sure. being in the room with the graduating um 50 women graduating in the media program. I'm sure that was extremely powerful. I know every time I'm in a room of women and we get together, whether we're all in this business or we come from different backgrounds and have different careers, we want to figure out how we can support each other. Um, And that is what we have to do because so a personal story with the current project I'm working on right now, um, I've been making movies for 20-plus years as a uh-huh. filmmaker, as a producer, as an adult, okay? Uh-huh. And I've had the same investors for many, many years, and I have made them a lot of money. They uh-huh. are all men. And the project that I currently just started raising money for is a film with two female leads. When I right. told these guys, who I have consistently made a lovely return on investment for for 20 years mm-hmm. that I was starting to raise for this project, they said, we don't want to read it. We don't want to invest in it. We don't want to do any project with female leads. So wow. Wow. I, for the first time in 20 years, am you know, back to square one with finding new investors who understand not only creatively what I'm trying to do with this project, but the fact which supports the idea that films starring women perform better than films starring men. Yeah. Statistically speaking, yeah. films of all budget categories across all genres, all budget categories, films starring women consistently perform better than films starring men. There was a recent study released by CAA and a corporation called Shift7 that mm-hmm. found that female-led films have consistently outperformed male-led films at the box office, as I said, across all genres and all budget categories for years and years and years. Yet, Hollywood continues to perpetuate the myth that films starring men perform better than female-led films, which yeah. leads people like my investors to say, oh, a film starring women, we don't want to invest. They didn't read it. They don't know what it's about. They yeah. love me. 
<laughs> so it's not about that, right? You want to you want to just say shame on you, shame on you. How 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 inappropriate. Yeah, I was I've been looking over your film. It looks very very exciting. Opal, uh, Luna. Luna. Yes. Luna. <laughs> tell, tell, talk about the the movie because really it's it's again girls and women can't be what they can't see, what they can't hear, what they can't read about. They can't be it. And we all right. know that. We we all look – I mean, uh, today I see the faces of men and women throughout my history who is who support me. I also see the faces of men and women who did not support me. So, you know, we, 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 we've got to – you know, I mean, uh, the Santa Barbara I'm, – I'm just right. I'm just right. I'm actually in Santa Barbara. But the film festival is exactly what you said was the – this was all women directors. These were producers, and they were telling me exa- – they were telling the audience exactly what you were talking about. But they were, you know, they they were saying until we can actually be out there and and really direct the kinds of film. Well, Hidden Figures is a, is an unbelievable example Wonderful. of of something about women. We wouldn't have had a space program without these women of color. I mean, yeah. and and Tiffany Shalane, I know you know Tiffany. She's fantastic. I mean, yeah. we, our history books. People need to wake up and and really understand that what we what we don't see and what we don't read and what we don't hear, we've got to start to question. You know, we've yes. really got to say, wait a minute, this is not the whole picture. This is not right. the whole picture. Right, right. Do you know, Nancy? In the early days of film, women actually held many, many, many positions of power. And it was only with the introduction of talkies in the late 1920s, in combination with the Great Depression, that the studios, a handful of major studios rose to the top, which sort of forced out the independent film companies, many of which were run by women. And so when these handful of studios rose to the top in Hollywood in the late 1920s, in, in conjunction with, you know, the talkies, as I said, and the beginning of the Great Depression, all of those companies were run by men, and film became known as more of a quote-unquote business, mm-hmm. and women weren't considered business-minded. Yeah. So prior to that point, women had really been running Hollywood. Well, um, if we, <laughs> Barker, if we look back in our history on a lot of things, <laughs> you yeah, will find yeah. uh, that women have been very, very much in charge from in the in the areas of religion, politics, and all the above. So right. Um, right. it's t- it's yeah. time that we find our male sponsors, our male allies, and we all yeah. combine our resources. So, so have you found some some women and men investors that you're for Opal that you're getting this? picture this big picture because it really is so it's so late it's so late in our history and and it's time the time is now it really is the time is now the time is now and to answer your question nancy i am just embarking on fundraising for this project um, on the heels of finding out from my longtime male investors that they are not interested in projects starring women despite the facts and statistics about them making more money so I'm just now starting to talk to people about it. And I want to say this because, I, I, as I said earlier, I don't I, – I am a very positive person. And I, I want to say that I'm, I'm looking at this as a, an incredible opportunity sure, to meet it is. new people and to it connect is. with women and men who actually understand and care about the situation and yeah. also understand the film I'm trying. 
Yeah. Right. So, so what? How can we help you? What is it you need? And just tell us briefly about Opal, because we want people. You know, I've got the information, the packet. I've got the Opal packet, the zip packet. Yeah. But something that people can go in and a uh, clip or something that they can go in and where they can go to help support you in your efforts and your your future film and and we get the get this message out strong and clear. Yes, thank you. Well, uh we our website so film films that are not made yet don't really share clips because clips haven't been shot yet, right? Right, right. I can tell you right now a little bit about the film, and then I can be reached at barkley at opalmovie.com, and after people sign an NDA, I can share with them the packet you have, Nancy. Right. It contains the script and a creative deck and a financial documents and all of all of the information about the mm-hmm. film. Um, mm-hmm. So barkley at opalmovie.com, barkley is B-A-R-C-L-A-Y, at opalmovie.com, but I, I can tell you and your audience a little bit about about the film. It's a scripted film, and it is a film starring a very strong, powerful woman in her 50s, mm-hmm. which is all too rare, um, and ultimately, Opal is a film about transition, transformation, and one woman's power to change the world. It's set against the backdrop of a contentious mayoral election in picturesque Hartswell, Georgia, which is a fictitious town. It's a southern gothic thriller centered Mm -hmm. around the relationship between an abused young woman and a reclusive matriarch, Luna, will stop at nothing to expose the sins of the town. So if that interests anyone, they can reach out to me and I can share full story and creative deck and script and everything with them. Um, it's a $5 million movie. We've just started raising, so we're about uh-huh. a fifth of the way there right now. The reaction from everyone who's read it has been incredibly positive, and I'm very confident that we will get this money together by the end of the year, and the goal is to be shooting, based on the lead actress's schedule, to be shooting uh, by mid-2020. Well, with the upcoming election, I would, I think you're, there's going to be some great things that are happening. At least that's in my mind. What's going to need to happen is that. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> <laughs> better. There better be great things happening. <laughs> I, I think I think we would we would be wise to uh, start having films that we can all watch, boys, girls, men, and women, that say, "Hey, wait a minute, if this is what it's going to take." But. Uh, well, I only wish you the very best because, uh, again, like I said, what we read, what we hear, what we see totally impacts us. And, and again, it's the things that we are missing as men, women, boys, and girls that really are going to make the difference as far as making this a better world. And that, yeah. as my book is called, we're all in this together, and we really yep. are all responsible for ourselves and for each other. That's the way I look at it. Yes, I love it. I love it. And I thank you for all you've done for all of us because yeah. you have been such an incredible advocate and pioneer for, for women with your work. Um, and it, it, it helped me very much. So thank you. Well, Take the Lead is a, is a wonderful organization. I, I hope you'll continue to be a, a part of what we're doing. And, again, you know, our goal, of course, is to create women's leadership, to create women who are partnering with uh, amazing men who also understand the importance of working together yes. shoulder to shoulder. Now, you know, I'll be honest with you, Bar- Barkley, I wouldn't have said that five years ago, but I realize now 
that we all have to work together. I don't care. These, these male, these past male investors of yours, they're gonna they're gonna look back at their decision one day and they're gonna go, "What were we thinking?" Yeah, they absolutely will. They absolutely will. And and I want to say that my partner, my creative partner on this film and on all the films I've done, is a wonderful man who's absolutely with us in this fight. So. Yeah, I'm with you. We all, that means all of us, men and women, everyone yeah. has to be in this journey together and get us to, to get parity and get yeah. rid of this bias um, in oh. all industries. Yeah. Okay, tell us again where can pe- people learn more about Opal and learn more about how they can get involved and help you to bring this film to the big screen. Yes, people can reach out to me at Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y, at opalmovie.com, I will respond to your emails and share with you the script and the synopsis and the creative deck and the financial documents. And we are accepting investments from $10,000 and up. So okay. that's the level that we're starting at for the investment. In okay. Film. Well, let's you and I talk some more after this phone call later this week about that as well. Um, so, all right, so this is, this is the finale but what will people walk away if they're leaving the theater after watching opal what is your hope for men women whoever's sitting in your audience watching this film when they're getting up to leave how do you want them to feel how do you want what do you want next for them i want them to feel empowered i want them to feel like charity is what this world should be be all about, even though Opal is fiction, it's a scripted film, it's not a documentary, our lead character, Luna, is extremely powerful, and she takes matters into her own hands in the fictitious town where the film is set, and changes things that have been wrong for a long time. She writes some wrongs, and I want people in the theater to come out feeling like that's the way it should be. I say this, there. I I say this with only a slight hesitation because <laughs> there is a murder involved in the film, and I'm certainly not encouraging people to commit murder. <laughs> well, we're 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 not gonna we're not gonna spend time on that. But but what I think what I'm hearing you say though, Barkley, more than anything, is that we really are responsible for each other. We're responsible. Each one of yes. us is responsible for making this world a better place. And yes. if we're not, you know, people who say, I'm, I don't want to do this. I don't want to work anymore. And I go, well, look, don't take any of my oxygen because I need it. I've got lots to right. do still. And we okay. all are responsible to make this world a better place. And you're mm-hmm. sure doing your part. Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> Well, that's all we can do is do try. But uh, yeah. I wish you the very best. Let's chat some more about uh, your movie, and I only wish you good things. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. So wonderful talking to you. Talk to you soon.